Welcome. We are a mother-daughter podcast about all things surrogacy. Together, we have brought eight beautiful babies into this world, and we would like to share our knowledge of surrogacy with those who want to educate themselves on the topic. This is Stop, Sit, Surrogate. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Stop, Sit, Surrogate with Kennedy and Ellen. Hello. We are here today with another guest, and I'm going to actually just let her introduce herself. Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm Samantha, um, and I'm a surrogate. <laughs> how many How many times surrogate? How many times? Um, one time, okay. and it's kind of confusing. I, our first journey, our intended parents got pregnant naturally, which was a huge miracle, so we stopped that early. So I kind of say like one and a half times yeah. because it was fun just to be on that journey with them. But how That's awesome. How did you discover surrogacy then? Yeah. Um, so I had my second baby and afterward I was, I, we'd never felt ready for another one ourselves, but I still desired to be pregnant. And I was talking with a friend and she was like, have you ever thought about surrogacy? And I was like, you know what? I know I've seen the movie, baby mama, you know, we've all seen it. That's like the extent of the knowledge that I had of surrogacy. And so from that point, whenever she mentioned it to me, I was like, you're right. I could like go through it and, you know, be pregnant, have a baby, but not parent, even though I'm parenting for the rest of my life, my children, but we, with our family, we felt done. And so whenever she mentioned that to me, I just started researching. Good for you. Good for you. Did you, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I can say, did you interview a lot of agencies? Did you go independently? Right after that, um, I had no clue where to start because I had no knowledge. And so we were in Colorado at the time and I went straight to Google, like search agencies near me. And there were three in like the Denver area. We were North in Fort Collins. And so whenever I started looking, um, I made calls and I looked at their requirements and submitted like, um, forms online to like get in contact with them. And one reached back and I, I just didn't feel like the connection on the phone wasn't there for me. Um, so I didn't, didn't really get back with them. And then the, one of them didn't respond to me. And then the third one responded to me, everything, like seemed great. They were super sweet. We got started with them and started doing our process through the agency. Um, and we went through the home visit, the application, the background check, everything, everything was like going so well, got my medical records cleared. And then they said, we need to do a psychology test. I'm like, okay, sounds great. So we did the interview interviews, went great with the psychologist. They interviewed Dan, but the I forget the test that I had to take some like personality test. It was like 300 questions, (laughs) true or false. Well, I'm not a good test taker. I was in nursing school years back and I failed out because there's the right answer, but then there's the more right answer. And so for this, you can't put thought into these questions. You just have to answer them right away. And so I only passed marginally compared to the standards of the agency. So Um, they were like, we're going to have to have you take it again. And I'm like, okay. So I came back like the next week I take another test and it was only 50, 50 questions this time. But again, I only passed marginally. And so the psychologist, I, at that point was like, what, like what's going on? Because I felt, we felt like the Lord kind of, um, like, like spoke to us to do this, to follow through with it. We're really big in our faith. And so we prayed about this journey and we felt a peace with starting surrogacy. And so in going through it, I was kind of like, well, dang, if I'm failing these tests and I can't move forward, like why, how is this 
supposed to be like what I'm supposed to do. And so the psychologist assured me that like, Hey, nothing's wrong with you. You're okay. These tests are really hard. My OB was even like, I would fail the test because of the question. So from that point on, that was in 20, um, 19. So we just kind of were like, well, maybe it's just not the right timing. Um, which it kind of, in a sense, worked out because we moved back to Missouri, which is our hometown, and got settled again. And then from that point on, um, we started looking into it a little bit more. But I ran into a friend who her sister did surrogacy, but she met someone through a Facebook group mm-hmm. just independently. And I was like, oh, you can do that. And she's like, yeah. She's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like online dating, you know, just meet someone <laughs> and do everything right, but you just don't have the agency. And I was like, okay. So I joined a few surrogacy groups in the fall of 2020. I just kind of watched for a while. I watched what people posted, watched what um, surrogates were saying, independent, independent parents were saying, intended parents, sorry, were saying. And I was like, okay, I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to post in the group. Like, are you ready? Um, and so I like typed everything out, gathered nice. some family photos and I posted and, um, we had, I think about 10 couples DM me. And then out of the 10, there was like top three. Um, and that's how we met our first set of intended parents, the one that got pregnant naturally. But we, yeah, ended up starting a journey with them. And so when that one got terminated because she was pregnant, we did, we went kind of the same route and mm-hmm. met someone independently, um, which they were already through an agency, mm-hmm. but it was like an independent route through an agency. It's kind of confusing since they yeah. like match with us separately. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Social media, the power of social media. I right. tell you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so with with you meeting them through Facebook and the second couple had the agency, did you still have to take the battery of psychological test or because you went independent, you didn't? Yeah, so I so with our first couple, we ended up doing a psychologist, um, just a Zoom meeting. So it was just an interview. So okay. she interviewed us for 15 minutes, interviewed the intended parents, and then did us all together okay. um, just to make sure, you know, we know what, what we're getting into, the intended parents do, and then together we agree on the same things. And so whenever we jumped into our second journey, our <laughs> first full journey, um, I just told the intended parents, Hey, I have a psychologist that, you know, she's great. Do you mind if we work with her again? She said, awesome. So okay. I had my same attorney, the same psychologist. So she just right. did it again for us. So that honestly was great because yeah. I like, I'm like, I promise I'm normal. I just Aww. can't make a test. The Zoom interview with her was really great. And then, you know, you, it feels personal, not like, you know, you don't feel like a robot answering all these questions. Yeah. Um, So it was nice to just, you can't, you can't fit in a box. I'm sorry. You can't, you cannot fit in a box and they make such a big deal about the psychological aspect. While I understand they're trying to protect both parties, mainly the intended parents from a crazy one wanting to take their baby. Um, Yep. uh, surrogacy is such a, it's not for the faint at heart. Like you've got to want to do this. (laughs) And it's not like one, there's not one way to do it. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I learned through the past few years of just researching and then being a part of it is I thought you join an agency, you do the journey, you know, everyone lives happy, happily ever after, but it's, there's so many, there's so much that goes into it. And there's so many twists and turns that you just have to be flexible. So, um, yeah. So you were with an agency then the second time. Yeah. So the first time, time. I didn't have yeah the first full journey. So I didn't have much communication with them. The the <laughs> agency would check in with me like once a month, just saying, "Hey, I'm your coordinator. You know, is everything going okay?" And then like every few months, they'd be like, "Did transfer go well or whatnot?" So they were sweet. I just didn't interact with them too much. Okay. Um, and but yeah, we started our journey. So that was I met our intended parents in 
October, actually, sorry, July 1st, we, they messaged me on Instagram in April because we were sharing our journey online. Whenever I first looked into surrogacy, I didn't see anyone really sharing their journey. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect going into it. I, I watched one documentary. I read like one article, um, but I really wanted to share from start to finish what it looks like to match, to have the shots, to go through the testing. And yeah. so um, I was sharing that process and um, someone messaged us online and said, Hey, I would like to match. That was when we were still in the waiting um, to be terminated from the first one. And anyways, I ended up connecting back with him in July and we Zoom called with him and we just felt this connection, my husband and I in this piece and um, they did as well. And so we ended up, you know, officially matching. Everything was like July 2nd. And then right away, like that week, it was, um, we like celebrated July 4th, but then that week we just started um, getting my birth records, um, everything in order. I like contacted the psychologist. We had a meeting with their fertility doctor and we were like, let's just jumpstart this because we were already prepared to jump into it. So we're like, all right, let's just continue and keep going. Um, and we, yeah, jumped right in and we ended up transferring November 15th of 20 July of 2020, 2021. Okay. 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 Yeah. Like is all my math adding up? Right. I know. Baby born, right. in, baby born in 2022? Yes, but yeah, that's okay. right. You're right. first journey went into 2021. <laughs> yeah, we, we transferred November 2021. Okay, so I have, I have a little bit of questions just on that yeah. whole little story. Are your intended parents close by? Because you said you moved back to Missouri. Yep, and correct. They, so they, are, they are not. Um, okay. They are in a different state. And so we just tra- traveled to them, actually met them in October. Okay. Um, and then for November, their transfer, their transfer was in New York because that's where their embryos were. That's, that's where they my were next from. question. So okay. we, yeah, we flew to New York for the transfer. Okay, got it. Nice. How so they're you? stateside. They're they're not international. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. And here. their first baby, yes? This was their first baby. So oh. unfortunately, they had three hard losses before one really early miscarriage and then two 20 week miscarriages. So it was, it was hard. And I know it was an emotional journey for them Mm -hmm. Um, coming into it. They were super excited. And we said, Hey, do you mind if we share a journey online? Like we just want to encourage people in this way, advocate for surrogacy in this way. And they were like, absolutely. Like, and they had been following our, you know, other journey. And so they already, saw what we were sharing and who we were and knew about us. Um, so they said, yeah, continue it. But I think through the journey, just the emotional, you know, everything they've gone through was just a little too much for them. And so we shared them a little bit at the beginning, but they ended up pulling back, which rightfully so, you know, we want to give them space. Um, I know this is like exciting, but also scary for them. And so, um, and they weren't as part of the journey as much as like we desired or we thought, but at the end of the day, we brought them home a healthy baby and yeah. we did what we vowed to do. And it was still amazing to be a part of oh. that and to, to bring their baby home for them. So it was awesome. So was baby born in your state and they Correct. came to you. Okay. Yep, they did. <laughs> so we, they would zoom call in for all my appointments. So they never, they didn't get there until 36 weeks, I think. So they came to my 37 week appointment. Okay. Um, so we would Zoom call for appointments, but yeah, they flew in and home is Springfield, Missouri to us. And so we, awesome. I got to pick my OB, which was awesome. And it was a new one for me because my insurance was out of network from whenever I delivered my son here. Um, but it was still a great hospital. The staff was amazing and they came 
to my 37 week appointment, 38 week. And then on my 39 week appointment was when, um, we, I got induced actually. So oh, okay. I made it quickly, but you can no. slow me down. You're but, good. But, <clears throat> the whole, the whole pregnancy oh. went so well and I'll backtrack a little bit. Um, mm. my, my two, my babies, I had great pregnancies and labors, um, very easy, went into labor naturally at 38 and a half weeks. Um, delivery was great. I did, um, pain meds for both of them. Um, but like very great. And so that was another reason to go into surrogacy was I have good pregnancies and labors and, you know, some women don't, which is why they choose this. And so why not help someone else in this way? And, and we're given one life on this earth. And I always say like, why not do something good with it and like do something to make someone else's life better. Um, And so I was very hopeful for a good pregnancy and thankfully it was, I did have morning sickness, which I did not have with my own children. Um, but I think it was heavily due to the, um, progesterone and estrogen because (laughs) my body's like, what the heck is going on? Um, but so I did have a little bit of morning sickness. I also got COVID twice during it. So I, oh my gosh. So I transferred November 15th. I had COVID the week of Christmas again, like mid January, the second time wasn't bad at all. I was just really tired. Um, and so I like barely ate anything. It was not bad. So it's like morning sickness on top of COVID. I was just in your first, basically in the first trimester. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Parents were probably freaking out. They were, I mean, I can't imagine. Nervous. Yeah. We were a little nervous. Um, and I'm still taking shots at that point. And yeah. on top of it, um, I started bleeding. And oh. like heavy, oh. cramping, bleeding. And this was probably, I want to say this was, oh, this was like the day before I got COVID. Oh. Um, and I was like, and cramping really bad. And I've never miscarried. No. So I don't know what those feelings are. Yeah. And, I just like, you know, TMI here, but when I'm in the bathroom and I'm just looking at what's going on my body, I'm like, oh no, like this is not. So my husband and I just, we prayed and we're like, Lord, like you brought this journey about, you are taking us on this journey with, with this couple. And we want this to happen like in the best way for them. We want this for them. And like, we just give it to you because at this point I thought it was this caring. And I called my, my midwife at the time and like on call what or whatever and I explained to her what's happening and she said it does look like you're having a miscarriage miscarriage uh, like um call us in the morning or whatever and I'm like okay like so then at this point I'm like wow. like so sad and scared at the same right. time so the morning happens I end up getting a an ultrasound scheduled at just the local clinic that I've been getting my blood drawn at and go in there she sticks the probe in me and she's like, well, there's a little baby wiggling around. I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> and so just for a few things that happened with the midwife, that experience, because yes, I don't want you to like, just act like everything's peaches and cream, but don't sure, tell sure, me hundred yeah. percent that if it's a miscarriage, yeah. it's not. Right. And, and just for different ways I was treated in their clinic, I didn't feel oh. a peace with going with them. So I ended yeah. up switching to an OB. Um, but pregnancy wise, the first trimester was rough, <laughs> but after that, it was awesome. I, the, so I did have a hematoma. Was That's that, what I was going to say. Day. Was yeah. the bleeding hematoma. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right, whenever I had the ultrasound, she's like, there it is. I see it like, you know, and it's big. Yeah. And it's like, that's why you were bleeding so much. And I'm like, wow. cramping and bleeding. And it ended up passing, um, or 
decreasing or whatever naturally. Yeah. I want to say within a couple appointments, it was gone and I didn't have any more bleeding the, that next day it slowed down and then I was fine. Um, but that was something I didn't, I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And I was in a few surrogacy like transfer groups on Facebook, which is amazing Mm -hmm. because whoever created them, it's four surrogates who transferred around the same time as you. So you're all like in the journey along the same time. So I went to the group and I had remember reading about the subcoronic hematoma that felt like a miscarriage and all this. And so right when it was happening, my midwife told me it was a miscarriage, but I still had this hope of it could be this hematoma. Right. Um, and so just having that group to like talk through to like bounce things off of and no, it doesn't, it's, you know, not always a good ending, but yeah. I'm thankful that I had them to kind of figure it out. Like, cause it's all new to me. I've it's never the unknown. Yeah. That's scary. And find, come to find out the hematomas are very common with IVF pregnancies. So now I know <laughs> I'm mentally yes. prepared. Um, yeah, the first trimester was rough, but second trimester, third trimester was like, I'm very thankful I can stay active and um, we traveled and I could still, you know, be present with my kids and play with them. And so, yeah, Um, pregnancy was great. But then we went to, so 37 week appointment, baby was measuring great. 38 week appointment, baby was measuring great. And we did the NST and NFT, NST. I'm like, what are all these letters? Um, <laughs> at 38 and a half weeks and it was perfect. Like oh, baby cast flying colors. So the 38 week, um, before the ultrasound, we sat down to do it again and baby's heart rate was great. Um, but the, he didn't have as much movement or something, or I can't remember. We failed the NST. So then they oh. say they need to do the ultrasound. Mm. So then I have to go lay down on the thing for like 30 minutes and for oh. 30 minutes it's the bio bp oh my gosh i should know these things so many letters <laughs> it's something where they like track baby and they watch baby's movement and breathing so okay. for 30 minutes baby has to move so often so many times in the 30 minutes and then it has to have so much of they call it like practice breathing well the movements were great but the breathing wasn't all he wasn't doing great with the breathing mm-hmm. and so you know, of course, then the uh, ultrasound tech's like, I'm going to go get the doctor and bring the doctor. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And the parents are in there with us at this time. And oh. so the nurse walks out and I just, this fear just sets over me because oh. I wasn't mentally prepared to mm. deliver today. Yeah. Also, I can see like this, just the intended parents like, oh, great, something's wrong. And I don't yeah. want that. And I just want everything to go smoothly. And so we just, I was like, can I pray? I think Dan prayed or whatever, but just like, God, whatever you want to happen today, like I want baby to be okay. Like, you know, we pray for the intended parents. And so, um, funny thing is we went into that appointment and at 30, 38, 39 weeks, I was only, I want to say like a centimeter dilated. And so Dan and I had like a pool day. We had shopping planned. We were going to go to the movie because we're like, yeah, we're sick of waiting for this baby. Because at this point, right. um, I was I was actually 38 in like six days or something. So it wasn't quite 39 weeks. But at this right. point, I would have thought I would have gone into labor naturally, like with my own kids. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, let's not wait around. Let's just go have fun. Yeah. And so here we are. The doctor comes in and she's like, so like baby's okay. Heart rate's good. Movement's good. But because of... um you being 30, almost 39 weeks, like we think it's best to induce you at this point. And I'm like, and she's like, so we're going to have baby today. I'm like, oh. we look at this and we're all excited at this Aww. point. Yeah. So we, 
we didn't get bad news. Um, and so I was like, well, we need to go home and get my bag. And the doctor's like, how about you just go to the hospital, get checked in, let your husband get your bag. I'm like, okay. So within like minutes where I'm doing the NST and then being admitted into the hospital, which wow. was exciting. All the Rowan. Yeah. Golly. Seriously. Holy so, yeah. So your labor went okay with that baby? With the yeah, so baby? labor. Um, so we got admitted, checked in, um, because I was only one, they, um, well, they started at me at Pitocin. I want to say I got checked in at about one, started me on Pitocin about three, which I had been on Pitocin with my kiddos. And so okay. I didn't have any, um, effects to it that I know some people have. And so I was thankful on a Pitocin. They did the cervical balloon, which is something I never had. Yeah. Um, yeah. It felt like a rubber balloon up there, which was weird, but they, <laughs> they, they, um, I think the Pitocin got me to a three. So then they did the balloon and I was, um, I don't remember, or maybe it falls out at a three. I'm not sure. I think it falls out at a three. Yeah, um, it was like, I think it falls out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they, they inserted about the one yeah. and then it expands. So I was planning on like doing a lot of movement. I'm really big on, um, changing positions and doing just different things to naturally labor, mm-hmm. um, and to naturally progress rather than just sitting. And, or at least that's what I've learned through, you know, my couple of pregnancies and labors that I wanted to move. Well, with the cervical balloon, I couldn't move very much. I could like sit or stand and like rock. Um, but my contractions were slowly starting, you know, getting dilated the cervical balloon. So they took it out at the three. And then from there, like they upped my Pitocin, um, but we were the intended parents were in the room with us. Aww. My husband was in there, which was awesome because we didn't know because of COVID and oh, the different right. hospital restrictions, you never know who can be in there. Right. Um, her parents ended up coming into town. And so before active labor, they came in. So that was Aww. great. I wanted, I really wanted this experience to be the best for them and the most um like real, you know, real yeah. like can even though this mm-hmm. isn't their baby. So um I'm I'm an open book and like, I don't, when I'm laboring, I'm in the zone, I'm doing my thing. Like whoever wants to come in, great. You're going to see it all. If not, you can head out. Like, right. And so I didn't mind who was in there. So, um, but to have the parents in there, you know, obviously to see the birth of their baby. And then I just thought it was sweet to have their, their parents come in and see them too. Um, but yeah, I, let's see at six, they broke my water. Okay. And this is about what time? So um, 6 p.m. Oh, so wow. Fast. Fast. About 6 PM. So it was fast. So I yeah. admitted one um, balloon or Pitocin mm. at three or something, the cervical balloon. They broke my water at about six um, and things just took off. Yeah. Um, I was in here again. I wanted to be like, um, like on the bed and like just different or like yeah. up and around. And my husband on our second delivery, um, he would push on the side of my hips and rock me back and forth. And it took my faint pain. It like dropped my pain, like five. Oh. It was crazy. And so I wanted to do more of that, but it was happening quickly. Yeah. And at this point, my nurses were amazing. And they were like, Hey, do you want an epidural? I was like, no, I think I can do this. Um, she, and the nurse, she was like, just know that if you need one, it's okay. And at this point I was like, well, maybe because I'm trying to think while yeah. I'm laboring, you know, you're trying yeah, to multiply. Right. Right. And I'm like, okay, here's the deal. I want this to be as natural as possible, but also my labor with my kids from the time they broke my water till I delivered, it was four hours. And okay. I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm in pain. I'm, and for the parents' sake, I'm like, I don't know if I could handle this for four hours, but 
what we didn't realize was how fast I would progress. Yeah. So mine, I'm like four hours. I'm like, yeah, let's do the, let's do the anesthesiologist, bring him in. So, yeah. um, they like, you know, call him or whatever. So he's like on his way. Well, at this point I'm starting to progress like real quickly oh I'm on my right side and baby's heart rate actually starts to go up. Um, and you hear like the C-section word drop and I'm like, <gasps> what? like so much <clears throat> happening at one time because yeah. they were like, if we can't get his heart rate to drop, like we're going to have to go and we need to yeah. whatever. So doctors like, let me, they put the, um, thing on his head to yeah. better track it. Mm-hmm. Um, I should know these words <laughs> Poor baby. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so they flip me to my other side, my left side and right away things start to progress. And I'm like, I need this epidural like now. Wow. Well, I start to, with my second child, I had a midwife and she was very in tune with how I was acting, what I was doing. And she explained to me the whole like grunts that you make, like yeah. the little grunties she calls them. And I start to have those grunties right as I lean to my left side. And I should have known and been like, Hey, the doctor wasn't in there. I said, I should have known and said, it's about to happen. Get the doctor, check me. Like I, I, yeah. it's coming. Wow. Um, and, but I didn't at this point, I'm trying to like hold it off because and get you know, your epidural. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get my epidural. So I'm like, just stop. Well, at this point, Dan's on like facing me, holding my leg up in my head, each contraction and the intended mother's behind me rubbing my back. My oh. lower back is where like I labor the hardest. And so yeah. she's like pushing in during the contraction and then like massaging out circles as I am resting and each contraction every time. And so that is amazing. And that's helping me like maintain my pain. So, and through all of this, which it's only like 15 minutes. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, is he coming? Is the, is the epidural coming? Right. Is it, is it and they're like, he's coming, he's on his way. And they're like, let's get you sat up so that you're ready when he gets there. I'm like, okay, I sit up and I feel baby just drop. And I was like, Oh my God, it's like, it's happening. And I was like, right. Oh my gosh, he comes in, he like comes in front of me and he's like, hello, Samantha. And I was like, not like breathing heavily, like in the bed. And he's like, hello. And he's like, just rattles off things. Hand me his board. I like sign with one hand oh while God. I'm like holding myself up. He goes around the back of me and I start to have this second contraction. And I was like, I was like, I need to get through this contraction before you do this. Hold on. And I'm like, right, right as I say, hold on. I'm like, ah, just like scream, baby. I'm sitting up. At this I like fall on my side. Baby comes shooting out. He oh catches the baby. Who oh caught my, it? Who caught yes, it? The anesthesiologist. No! Oh my God. Medically wise, I don't know. But he, I mean, my doctor was like, I was watching you in the office or whatever. And she was like, you progress so fast. Wow. She was like, he was in there within like 30 seconds. But yeah. I was like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, like, so, and that was at 720. So oh my God. One. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, it was like, it all happened so fast. So then right as I delivered baby, dad cut the cord, mom was ready for skin to skin. They had a chair for her baby went right to her. And I turned to Dan and I'm like, and this is, this is on par for all of my labors at this point. But I turned to him, I'm like, we did it. <laughs> He's like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm good. I'm awesome. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, Cause at that point, after you deliver, like yeah. for me, the pain is gone. Like yeah. it's, it's, and I tell myself in the delivery, like pain is 
momentary or labor is momentary it's Mm -hmm. one minute of like the worst excruciating pain you'll ever experience and then there's like the 60 second rest or you know 30 second rest and then it's the worst pain and then it's rest and so if I can just get through that like I'm fine and if I would have known that I was going to progress that quickly again I should have had them check me I wouldn't have asked for the anesthesiologist to come and I would have told the doctor and communicated like hey just stay in here because I know for my body I'm getting close right so I, I learned for next time. <laughs> yeah. Oh so that's amazing. How big was baby? Little. And so he was 514, which hey. is a baby. Mine were 712. And they realized that at, I want to say at 38 weeks. So they had been measuring, you know, they measure every week. Yeah. Every week he was on track. At 38 weeks, they're like, he's measuring small. I'm like, what do you mean? Measure? Like he was just on track last week. And so yeah. now small so they at the 38 weeks we did the another ultrasound just to make sure but yeah he was little wow but lungs were developed he went right to mom no NICU yeah Yeah. NICU great went right to mom and she actually um ended up she had donor milk but then she um induced lactation so she was nursing with him a little bit and then had the breast milk the donor milk so it was like the best experience possible the best outcome that could have happened you know, he was healthy and yeah, they were, they were discharged like the normal time. Um, so it did was, you go home at the same time or before baby? He went home the next day. When did we go? I had him Wednesday night. We went Thursday night. Okay. Got out. Yeah. So really short. Um, and I will tell you like recovering without a baby, it's interesting. It's great. Yeah. Because I'm like I'm sitting in the room and I'm like, well, I got nothing to do. And right. you know, sharing our life on social media, we, um, you know, and sharing this journey, it's one, my job, but two, I love doing it. And because I want to share insight in this way. And so after I like rested a little bit in between resting and eating, oh. we would, you know, do some, do some TikToks and do some content. I didn't post until Friday. Cause I still wanted to like rest yeah. and, you know, give the intended parents their time to, you know, say their stuff first. And yeah. so we did, Aww. but it was, it was a great time for my husband and I just to share that time together. Um, and my kids were actually gone. My mom asked if she could take them to California and go to like Disneyland or something. Nice. Was, and it, it just so happened we had that week scheduled and I was praying that it would happen while they were gone because it would give me time to heal, mm-hmm. to deliver and not feel like I was leaving my children. Like I just, yeah. I didn't know but then it was also scary because mm-hmm. here my kids and my mom are going on a plane ride and yeah. my kids are leaving right. and it was a baby that's not even mine. So if I have this baby, this baby, this baby, is someone else, my kids are gone. If someone happens to them, I'm like, I have no children. Oh. <laughs> like, like what, like, am I going to be okay to everything? But I'm like, it's going to be fine. And yeah. it was fine and safe, but it was really good for them to be gone. So they got back in town on Friday. Oh. Um, to see them and right when they flew in we went to where the intended parents were staying and they got to see baby and meet baby that's awesome great because I really wanted them to have that closure my daughter was very much involved in my pregnancy she touched my belly and kissed my belly and talked to baby every day and I was nervous how she would transition it with it because she was really connected to baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted them to have that. And we brought gifts for baby. Aww. And then um, we also got 
a gift for the kids that way after it was mm-hmm. a good distraction like okay right. we're leaving maybe and then right after it's like oh we have a present for you in the car Aww. so they they go in a stuffed animal and play-doh Aww. and so it was a nice transition yeah. um and after the first week about every day um every few days they would ask about baby and you know Aww. we'd say oh he's with their mommy and daddy mm-hmm. and um they, she knew both the kids knew throughout our whole journey that the baby wasn't ours baby was for someone else. And it was so cute watching them like realize that. And it, mm-hmm. it all just kind of makes sense to them. And, you know, they would say things like, Oh, well, when are, when are we going to have a baby? When are we getting a baby? Aww. Well, it so, just so happened that Dan was planning to get a dog for hunting and the Aww. litter was, the litter was ready like a few weeks after I delivered. And so we would just turn the direction to, Oh, we're not getting a baby, but guess what? We're getting a puppy. Oh, it's so excited. Um, and they were also during my postpartum recovery, they were so intrigued with my pumping. They thought it was hilarious that I was wearing my postpartum diaper and they're, I mean, they're four and six. And so, Yeah, so their minds don't fully understand, but it was just a matter of redirection and putting their attention somewhere else, not like forgetting what happened, but just kind of, you know, changing attention. And so, yeah, yeah, they were able to meet baby and discharge went well. And I'm very thankful that their transition went well, too. So Sam, I want to ask you a quick question because a lot of people are concerned, you know, if they, because they have kids and they're like, oh no, like you don't feel like your kids are traumatized from this experience. No, I don't. I really don't. And I think, and I don't know if it was the age or just how well my kids um, like adapted to the journey. Mm -hmm. I will say, and you know, I'm kind of answering one of your questions early is like, if we're going to do another journey and we have thought about it, we are moving into another journey. And I will say in this one, that is one of my concerns is, okay, my kids are older now. I don't want to miss out on too much of their life. You know, there are only two babies that, you know, we plan to have. And I never want to be like, oh, I can't play with you. Oh, I can't do that because of me being a surrogate. Um, So as long as it makes sense for us in our season of life and for the kids and making sure they're still getting all of me um, and not sacrificing that, then I'm all for it. And so if, you know, it may be hard for parents who, or for women who do have really hard pregnancies and labors and they can't be fully present with their kids, Mm -hmm. it may be a little bit harder, but you just have to be more intentional about setting that time aside for your kids, whether it's sitting down and doing a craft or cuddling in bed and watching movies together. Um, Mm -hmm. if you can't be fully present with them, but no, I don't feel like Mm -hmm. it was traumatizing to them because the whole time, and even for myself, emotionally, Mm -hmm. you know, going into surrogacy that the baby you carry isn't yours. It's especially gestationally. I, I didn't want to carry an an embryo that included my egg because I just wouldn't be able to be okay with knowing that half of me is out there, but some people do. And that's amazing. And we need traditional surrogates. Um, but that's why I chose the gestational route because I wanted to know that it wasn't my baby. And I, and, and so it, it's weird how your mind can compartmentalize it and know that that it's not yours. And yes, your body doesn't know, but your mind and your heart knows that it's not mine. So everything that happened in the pregnancy was exciting because the parents get to experience that, you know, like, Oh, we didn't find the gender out till later, but um, you know, baby's growing and you know, the transfer took, we're excited for baby. Like we're not picking a name out. We're not doing a nursery. And so we were excited for them. And the same thing with the kids. Like we, 
they knew from the beginning and the way we explained it to them was, don't you think that it would be nice for mommy to help someone else have a baby? Like, you know, here's the couple and we showed them who they were and we're like, they can't have a baby. Do you think it'd be nice if we help them? And they're like, oh, yeah. and they were young at this point. So like, okay, yeah. sounds good. We'll play. <laughs> yeah. But they, we just explained in a age appropriate way. Mm-hmm. step of the process um you know I'm going to the hospital I'm going to the doctors they're going to put the baby inside of me and then after transfer the little baby's inside me little baby's this big wow. and you know they're like where's baby at and how does baby come out so like, um but yeah they knew from the beginning so we never said the words brother or sister we never yeah, said right. siblings. we always would refer back to back to the parents and okay. the most they ever um said or was connected was where's are we gonna have a baby I want a baby and then we would just direct it to the puppy Puppy, and so whether it's not saying everyone can get a new dog but whether it's that or something else the one thing in my research that I found which was the most helpful was after delivery you know you have children do something as a family to focus on them to Mm -hmm. to divert attention and to just realize what you do have instead of the fact that you're losing a child and you don't have a baby Right. Um, that was the whole plan all along. And so we've heard like go on a big vacation, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. get a puppy. And so for us, it all kind of worked out that we had the puppy planned and we had already planned to move into the RV to travel and adventure for six months. We were in between renting and owning land. And so the RV life just made the most sense. And so we just directed attention to that and it was great distraction for the kids. And also for myself for postpartum, it's like, you still experience those hormones and those emotions, but none of it was out of sadness that I didn't have baby. Um, it was the fact that I'm hormonal and I'm sore, I'm in pain. Um, and you know, the journey's over and you're kind of like mourning that, but then also like, what does that look like from here? What's life look like? And so, um, it gave me a chance to just focus on something else, be excited. So a week after I delivered, we were like picking up our RV and moving into it. So it was very quickly. I'm I'm thankful I had good recovery and I was able to jump into that. Um, so for my sake, emotionally, and then for the kids sake, like our transition was really great. And you haven't said too much, but you've talked about it in the story. Your husband seems amazing. Um, your mom (laughs) seems amazing. Like she's taking your children. I know that was planned, but oh my gosh, how everything worked out. So your support system was like phenomenal. So I do want to ask really quickly, do you have like siblings and how did they react to it? Yeah, definitely. So I have a sister um, and she was super excited. She's not married, doesn't have kids, but she was like, awesome. Sounds great. I think at this point, our family's not thrown off by what we do anymore because we lived in our RV in 2019 for like three months. We moved to Colorado on a whim and we lived for two years. Um, We both started doing social media and quit our nine to five jobs in like 2020. And so they're like, oh, you want to have someone else's baby? Cool. Sounds great. Oh my gosh. I don't, it, I don't think it shocks them anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was so great. So oftentimes she would take the kids for a little play day. And like you said, my mom would, we lived with her for the last six months, which was probably the, we were in between living, but it was yeah. the best thing because she would let us, it was the summer. She would let us sleep in. Um, Aww. she's a teacher. And so she was off. So she would watch the kids the first two hours Dan and I would wake up at like 9am, you know, see the kids. And so it was amazing nice. just to have time to rest. And yeah, yeah, Dan was so great with, he gave me all of my shots besides like four of them. Wow. Um, 
and just the emotional support, the physical support, like on every area, he was, he was so great. And at the beginning, I, when I brought up surrogacy to him, cause a lot of people are like, oh, I want to be a surrogate, but my husband isn't on board or right. oh, I need to convince him. Um, he was like, wait, you want to give up a baby? You want to give up our baby? And I was like, no, oh, oh. it's not our baby. It's their right. embryo. We just carry it. And so we talked through it together, researched it, prayed about it. And it was him, you know, mentally preparing for that before getting on board. So it was about a week of us talking about it, deciding before he was actually like ready. Wow. Um, but I, I am very pro, like, make sure you have a support system yeah. and whether it's Huge. your spouse or if you're not married, someone who's close to you, who can either administer your shots or just be there for you in times of need, because pregnancy in general is a lot to take on. <laughs> and when you throw the the bumps in the road and the turns like surrogacy where, yeah. you know, you have a hematoma or you have to right. do a second transfer. There's so right. much that goes into it. And so whether it's one person or several, it is yeah. so helpful. And so the more the merrier, because when, you know, you're tired in bed and you don't want to move, you can have family help with the kids, you know, you can have friends. And so having the support system is so great. And even yeah. more thankful that with us sharing our line or our life on social media, we had the support of like yeah. our media followers, you know, and like cheering us on and Aww. following the journey and being excited, you know, for us, for the intended parents, for the baby. And so that was just so much more like rewarding and fulfilling too. Yeah. That's awesome. No, that's yeah. amazing. Sounds like it was lovely. I know. Like the whole journey. Other it than was- morning sickness and you no, know, that kind right. of but Exactly. Like yeah. It went great. Sounds like it went how's great. Your, how's your relationship now with the IPs? Do you guys talk? Yeah, so it started out, like I said, really great. We met online. We connected really well and we would Marco Polo like daily. It was oh. awesome. Um, and then like after transfer, they started to pull back a little bit and that's when they were like, Hey, it's just really emotional for us. Like it's hard Mm -hmm. and we wanted to respect their space and you know, their privacy. And so, um, I think it was a little bit too much too, for them to share online. And so they weren't as involved in the journey, which was honestly something that I had to mourn and walk through because Dan and I specifically wanted parents who wanted to be involved because for me, this was more than a transaction. This was more than getting a surrogacy check. This was a part of our life. This was something that my children are involved in and were part of, and we prayed for this baby daily. And so it was honestly hard to not have them, but at the end of the day, like we want to respect their space and we want to respect their family. And so after delivery, um, it was kind of a hard break, but they've Mm. decided to part ways. And so we haven't heard from them since, uh, like that last week, but it's, um, it's, okay because I can't mm-hmm. people and some people on social media know a little bit about you know how the fallout happened but there's nothing that I can do about it yeah and so when people are like oh are you sad are you bummed well absolutely like 100 mm-hmm. percent there's literally nothing I can do about it I don't want to force someone to have a relationship with me to force someone to wow. you know to keep me a part of their life because mm-hmm it's their life. And I, I did what I vowed to do, which was yeah. bring them home a baby. Yes. And so for them, for now, like it's their life and, you know, mm-hmm. they can choose how to move forward, how they want to. Um, but yeah, it, it was hard. And like mm-hmm. I said, I had to walk through that, but looking forward into another journey, that's something that we do desire. And it also makes it a little nerve wracking because things can start out great and then they fall out. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, and, and even so, like throughout our journey, I did everything that I 
should have done. Like I made sure like, Hey, are you okay with us sharing our journey online? The psychologist knew the attorney knew it was in contracts. They, it was in contracts that, you know, they would be a part of our life. We would be a part of theirs. It was an open Mm -hmm. relationship. Um, and so even though I did everything right and I felt like such a great piece at the beginning, um, now in this next journey, it's like, well, dang, it could happen again. Like you never know. And so that's one of the things like preparing and going into a journey with like other surrogates looking into it, just because it seems like it's one route's going to be great. There's so much that happens, you know, you have the failed transfers or you have the hematoma or you have some relationship stuff. I mean, when you date and marry, that's like years. So you're basically like dating and marrying and having a kid within months. Yeah. So that's bound to happen and come up. But again, at the end of the day, like it is what it is. It's very unfortunate. We're very disheartened by it, but there's nothing that I can do other than continue to pray for them and, you know, wish them all the best. It's a great attitude, Sam. It really is. That's a lot of of surrogates would wallow in the, Oh no, I had this baby and I wanted to be part of their lives. And, but you're actually taking the high road on it. And you're just, I mean, you've said it numerous times. You're just letting it happen. And it's God's way. Like if he, this is what he wants you to, then this is the journey you're taking. But the fact that you're dealing with it with such positivity, that, that is huge. Huge. Yeah. And I, I commend you. I really, really do. Cause it's hard. That's super, yeah. super hard. Yeah. Um, for sure. And it's even, it's even more so I'm a crier too. So I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, I saw you tearing up. I'm like, okay, oh, you poor thing. <laughs> it's even more so hard because our life is public, which is, yeah. I mean, that's something we've done for years, yeah. but to process it all publicly oh. yet privately is very hard because I, oh, we don't want to inflict anything on, you know, and nothing against intended parents. Like, right. again, they have every right to live their own life and not have a relationship. Absolutely. Like, and we don't want to inflict any more hardship on them than we yeah. may have already caused. Like, that's not our heart. And so processing it publicly mm-hmm. while like still being honest with people that like, Hey, yeah. it's not, it's not how it is, but that's okay. Like it makes it a little bit more difficult, but I'm so thankful that I, again, I have an amazing support system. I have yeah. my husband, I have the Lord that I'm okay. And even yeah. through postpartum emotions and, you know, all of that happening, like I'm good. And, yeah. you know, it just kind of fuels yeah. me and to, in a greater way to share, to prepare people to, you know, give insight. And then also for our next journey, like, you know, yeah. how we'll about it. So it doesn't deter you from doing another one. Yeah. Like right there. You're just like, yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes surrogates have, okay. Your journey was yeah. great, but the aftermath seemed to be just a little like unsettling. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that you want to do it again, you want to yeah. open up yourself again, like says volumes of, yeah. a, of a surrogate's character. Like, it's amazing to me that people go through these little hardships and want to do it again. Like, yeah. yes, I'm doing it. So I, I don't even know what to say to you other than bow down, bow down. Cause like, honestly, honestly, yeah. just your strength is unbelievable. Like I'm just it's sitting here yeah, crying yeah. inside and I'm like, how is she so strong? But yeah, awesome. And <laughs> you said times for sure. Oh. And you and you said, you know, you did what you signed up for. You you helped yeah. somebody bring a baby home. That yeah. that you as a surrogate, I think that that's like obviously that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah. And like if the you relationship get a relationship after the relationship yeah. after is like the cherry on top, you know, that's oh, the what absolutely cherry. But they've got yeah. their little milk pig baby and oh. all is right. So. Love it. Love yeah. it. Love it. Oh my god. Oh so God. it was, it was a, and it was an amazing journey and I wouldn't want anything different for our first full journey. Like it was, yeah. so, it was so great. And so, yeah, that was unexpected, you know, walking through that, but 
something great that was unexpected was through sharing our journey was we would get hundreds of messages from intended parents sharing stories of struggle and loss. And we would have a chance to pray for them and encourage them and also give them hope that, Hey, there's normal surrogates in the world who are not going to take your baby, who are going to like you on, who are going to pray for your baby, who are going to take care of your baby so well. It's nerve wracking for intended parents to jump into this financially, mentally, emotionally, physically, that they're scared. And so we wanted to share in that way. And so for people to be open and share their heart with us and such vulnerable parts of their life of Mm -hmm. all their loss and struggle. And then also for women to message and say, Hey, I thought about being a surrogate and I looked into it and I'm going to be a surrogate because I've watched your journey and Aww. you encouraged me to do that. That for us was so unexpected. That was something we weren't anticipating awesome. was to have a chance to pour into people that way. Like, yeah, we wanted to advocate for surrogacy, but then inspiring people that much yeah. was like, so rewarding. And yeah. it was just cool. Experience just the little it. nuggets that happen along the way and the little, ah, oh, so love it. I love it. Yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience. All right, Ken, there's a couple questions I know you ask at the end. I know, I do. Ask them. <laughs> ask them. So sure. when, I look, when I look away, I'm looking at my thing because I, yeah. I have baby brain after so oh, many yes. babies. Hey, that's okay. I, here I am and I can't even remember like NST. Ah, you did. <laughs> but there's, you know, there's so many acronyms when yeah. it comes to pregnancy. It's just like, I just, I don't know anymore. I, know. Exactly. I got something. <laughs> um, so I would, well, what is something that you would give advice to if somebody does come to you and say, Hey, I want to be a surrogate. Yeah. Um, a few things I always say, make sure you're done with children because something stuff could happen. You could lose your reproductive organs, you know, pregnancy or surrogacies, you know, there's a little bit of a risk to it. And so Mm -hmm. mentally, and also mentally being done having your own kids because it helps with that transition. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, that baby leaving isn't like, Oh, but I wanted another baby. Like that. That's not a part of it. Having that support system is is necessary. And so making sure you talk with your loved ones or those that are close to you, make sure you have that support, um, do your research, make sure, you know, do you want to do gestational? Do you want to do traditional? Um, and then also know that it's time. It can be time consuming, not time consuming, but it can take a long time. It's that up and wait game. You know, you started journey and it could be months until you match and it can be months for a contract. And so you have to be patient. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I always say to people who message me like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this, but I'm nervous or this. And I'm like, it's a, like being a surrogate is like a different thing in this world. It's not normal. So you're going to have these thoughts like, should I, am I doing the right thing? Whatnot. But if you have any feeling of, should I do it? I always say research, go for it. Mm -hmm. And in life in general, like we always take the adventurous route in life. And if something, if you start to take that route and something happens and it doesn't work out, then maybe it wasn't meant to be, but there are so many intended parents waiting for their miracle and you could be the one to help them. So I always say go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Is there something that you wish someone told you before you became a surrogate? Um, Oh my gosh. <laughs> the hematoma one that yeah. I wish I was known because that was scary. Right. But no, the honestly, I feel like, you know, with my research and just the things yeah. I learned along the way, it was amazing. And I enjoy I enjoy learning as I go yeah. because then you know for yourself, you know how it is. But Absolutely. um maybe the contracts take eight weeks to finish. Right? <laughs> I know. Like, I'm like, it's signing a paper and reading right. something. Like, how long does that take? But right. yeah. Um, yeah. that process. So yeah, just okay. be patient with it. And 
I'm thankful that we only had to do the one transfer and it took, but I know several circuits who have to do three transfers. Yeah. It doesn't work out. They have to rematch to another instead of oh. 10 appearance and then the yeah. pregnancy takes. And so there's so much that goes into it that I would say, much. not necessarily for me, but for people who have walked through um, a miscarry with a transfer is um, don't take it personally. Like it's not anything you did, yeah. you know, a, nine times out of 10, it's not something that the surrogate did. It's right. the embryo quality, it's uterine thickness, it's yeah. the transfer, you know, the unfreezing the, or oh thawing the embryo, transferring. There's so many things that go into it oh that if something goes wrong, prepare yourself for it, mm-hmm. that it's not your fault. And mm-hmm. as sad as you feel, the intended parents are also very sad that you have to walk through this too. You're yeah. walking, you know, they're disheartened that, you know, they're, you know, they miscarried, but it's, it's a mutual thing that like, it's a hard thing, but not to take it personal and let it get you down. So Absolutely. great advice. Great yep. advice. Yeah. Great yeah. advice. Yeah. Cause Sam, it's not if people. Me. If go. people want to follow you, like you follow yeah. your journey, where do, where do they go to? Um, we are, we are Dan and Sam on every platform. If you want funny <laughs> okay. content, go to YouTube. If you want funny TikToks, there's TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube, right. Instagram, Facebook. So we just share it all. And, wow. you know, in any form, because whether it's a blog you're reading of steps to take or a video of how to do a progesterone shot, like we just, you know, we share adventure to like RV life, but yeah. Yeah, you can follow us there. That's Very super fun. fun. Oh my gosh. Do you have any questions for us? Yeah. No, it was amazing. So in, you said mother daughter. Yes. yes. That's awesome. I, I did three journeys. She did three. She's starting her fourth. Mm-hmm. I did a couple. I did a triplet, a twin and a single way what? back in the day, Sam, way back in the day. And oh, I had it like, it was new, like seriously, 22 years ago, it was new. Like I was my agency's second triplet birth, like second, like it was, they were begging for us to reduce begging. They're like, no, no, you can't carry three. I'm like, watch me, yeah, watch, watch me, me. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> watch me. And now they're 20 years old. So yes. Yeah. Do you, are you still in touch with him today? Yes. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. So yeah. Kennedy, you growing up in knowing your mom was a surrogate, like that question, I'm yeah. putting it back on you. Were you traumatized? No, <laughs> you know? not, no, quite, quite the opposite. The opposite I grew right? up wanting to be a surrogate and now yeah. I've been a surrogate three times. So yeah. yeah, quite the opposite. That is amazing. See that ain't, that doesn't give me encouragement because with Ember being, you know, she's about to turn five. It's like, I don't, again, you, you want to make sure your babies are good. You don't want to like traumatize them but also to encourage them and inspire them in that way you know whatever they choose to grow up and do in life um that's so great I didn't realize it was that many journeys I knew it was like one in one but yeah yeah yeah. no it's so far and I actually did miscarry twins so I actually um and then went on to have um well we had got pregnant with two for them but one passed away in utero had to carry both like it was traumatic yeah it was but whatever um but them growing up, I think she, you were the youngest. So you were like five and she had like a nine year old sister and like a 13 year old brother. Like when I was doing these, yeah. so the lessons, and I didn't even know the yeah. lessons and the, the things that yeah. these kids were absorbing from these yeah. journeys yeah. are like still in their lives today. Yeah. And it's insane yeah, to me. That. Yeah. yeah. It's like family. It is yeah. how they treat others, how they see compassion. And they were already compassionate kids. They really were, yeah. Yeah. but you don't realize what you're doing. You don't go into the knowledge of, oh, how's this going to affect my kids yeah. like positively yeah. or negatively yeah. way back when we didn't think that, but yeah. I really, I, I'm so honored and so feel so blessed that I was able to do that, not just for my kids, but to help the other families, obviously. Yeah. 
obviously. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I, yeah. I think it's such a great thing. Like you said, the character and being a part of like just seeing the sacrifice that it takes uh-huh. to help Selfless acts. Yep. Yes. Instead of like living your life, like we're very much, we love change. We love different things oh, because wow. <laughs> we can't sit still. And I feel like, dang, what a, for, for people who like to sit still, that's awesome. But I'm like, what a boring life for me to just sit and do nothing and live my normal life and do everything. I'm like, I'm yeah. going about to do some crazy things. Cause I want my yeah. kids to do that too. Right. And to like, make life better for someone else, make those sacrifices, do great things. And yes. that is so great just to hear that your kids are still like reap still so doing. many benefits from that. Yep. So today. It's been yeah, fun. I love it. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> and anyone else watching, if you're like, um, who do I match with? Whatever. I started a Facebook surrogacy match group because there's several out there. There's a few of them that are toxic that I had yes. like years back. Um, but this is, I'm like trying to, if I can help in any way, you know, help facilitate some matches, yeah. but yeah, link in my awesome. bio. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Send me a DM. We'll, we'll get it. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much for taking your time. It was lovely. It was a pleasure talking you're to you You're just a light. You're just a little light that just, oh, it just, I don't know. Just even when you it's just so popped sweet. up on the screen, like I couldn't oh. help but just smile when I saw you. I'm like, look I, how fun she is. I love it. Honestly, that like, you just made my day. Thank Aww. you so much. Oh my God. Our pleasure. We have yeah. a fantastic rest of your day. And thank you so much for taking the time. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you. And so good much, luck Sam. in your next journey, Sam. Good luck. Thank you so much. We'll keep in touch. All right. Yes. Take care. Thank Bye. Bye. Oh, she's so sweet. Oh, it was fun. I just never know what we're going to get when we go on here. And <laughs> she was so put together. Like she just, she was just like, this is my journey. Like, Ooh, we, re- we barely even interjected. I loved it. I was like, oh, look, she's telling us her story. I'm I love here it. for it. Like, I love it. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. No, that was amazing. Thank you so much, Sam. That was yes, thank you. enlightening too. Very, very fun. It was very fun. Okay. Well, um, if you guys have any questions or would like to share your story with us, please feel free to reach out to me, um, on Instagram at stop period, sit period surrogate. And, uh, yeah, we will see you guys in a week. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been stop, sit, surrogate with Kennedy and Ellen. Bye everyone. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give us a like and subscribe. Also, check the link to our YouTube channel in the description.